Welcome to the Young Adult Podcast, where we will be engaging in weekly conversations around the amazing, tough, fun, weird, but extremely important and defining season of your 20s, all while bringing you more of a biblical perspective. Our goal is to dive deeper into conversations that push you, challenge you, and hopefully inspire you to begin to walk in the fullness of who God created you to be, which we believe will make you the most effective for the kingdom of God. Let's jump into this week's episode. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Young Adult Podcast. It is Thanksgiving week. Yep, we're dropping a little special podcast for you guys. A little holiday podcast to commemorate the Thanksgiving holiday, which I think is one of the best holidays. I love Thanksgiving. It's one of my favorites. It's all centered around food, Yeah, which I can really get behind. Oh, 100%. (laughs) What is your favorite holiday food? Man. Okay. I think I've said this before. Obviously, mashed potatoes and gravy are up there, but I <laughs> love the really cheap green bean casserole. Okay. Yes. That you make with like From canned a can. of yes. Yes. My aunt tries to get fancy and does like the fresh pit green beans and stuff. That's it's gross. You're I, like, we want the canned. I want green stuff that's beans. been sitting in water for months. <laughs> So it's soft. Like, you know what I mean? And then you add the like fried onion, the packaged yes. fried onion on top. Yes. yes the classic it's Midwest so casserole. I know. This year we're actually not doing a traditional Thanksgiving. Oh. Aaron's sister is kind of like uh, manning the helm this year. And she was like, do you guys want to do something traditional or just whatever? So we're actually doing steak and lobster that sounds amazing it's gonna be good but i'm also like you want the traditional yeah i mean at the at the time when we all voted i was totally i was like recovering from a sickness so i was like <laughs> i don't care at all and then everybody was like well let's do pumpkin pie but then we'll do like mashed potatoes steak lobster and like salad that's so interesting i know i don't know why but i'm kind of like okay it's great. It's going to be great. I'm yeah. I'm cooking the steaks, so they're going to be phenomenal. <laughs> I'm going to sous vide them, of course. It's the only Who's way to cook Who's cooking the steak. lobster? I think Aaron's sister. Okay. Um, which I don't think Jamie listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just nervous. I, yeah. I I would consider myself a pretty high level home chef. Connor is a self proclaimed Michelin chef. For those of you that don't Yeah, know. like not like restaurant quality, but I would wager that I could outcook most people who cook in their homes I believe that. regularly. I believe that for sure. Um, And I struggle with lobster. Really? I mean, it's just so, there's just such a fine line. Like the yeah. minute you when overcook like it, tough. it is rubber. Yeah. And so. Do you want to know the best <clears throat> way I've ever had lobster? How? My dad cooks them on our Traeger grill. It's divine. Just grills them? Yeah, but it's like a smoker. What's oh, a Traeger, okay. right? Yeah, yeah. It's like the wood chip. Yeah. Like, oh, so good. Okay. So good. So maybe throw that in there to suggest for your sister-in-law. I don't know if they have a Traeger. Mm. But I'm- I but mean, I don't, personally. So. <clears throat> yeah, but okay, so we're going the unconditional, unconventional route That's when funny. it comes to Thanksgiving this we year. We have the same thing every year for every holiday, what and it never it? changes. We do turkey and all the same sides- for Christmas too? No, for Christmas we do um, prime rib, 
which I don't like prime rib. Okay. So they do a ham, which I don't even really like ham. Yeah. We do the same sides, like yams and a broccoli bake. And then New Year's Day, we always do, we're Italian, so we do cioppino. Never heard of that before in my life. Oh, you would love cioppino. What is it? It's a, like, seafood stew. So it's like this okay. tomato-based stew. Gives but me you have, like, oh, But you have, like, crab legs in there and you like take and like mussels and shrimp and all sorts of different stuff it's delicious scallops totally random i think i'm allergic to fish like starting to be so like i had tuna today for lunch at mod market and i felt like my throat kind of swelling up oh, a little no. bit. Nothing crazy, but that's happened when I've had salmon too. <gasps> I like, love salmon. That's I know. a tragedy. I used to eat it all the time. Maybe it's like cold water fish. Or uh, is tuna cold water? No. I don't know because I can do like shrimp and mussels and scallops like totally fine. Okay. But when so I start to get to like good. fish fish, yeah, which normally most people are allergic to shellfish and not yeah, my normal sister fish. Is al- my cousin is allergic to um shellfish and we found that out on a new year's day when we were eating chipino <laughs> yeah so anyway none of you guys care about this about our at food all. preferences but yeah. we are very clearly very excited for thanksgiving um and the yeah. holidays if you hear this tag young adults in some photos of your thanksgiving food and tell us your favorite food yeah and we'll repost you if you actually remember to do that <laughs> if you tag us in some of your thanksgiving food um, tag us and we'll repost we'll it. We'll repost it. We want to see what you're eating. Yeah. Because obviously all we can think about is, is Thanksgiving food. food. Although, last thing, <laughs> I, I'm trying to be paleo for like 60 days. Yes. I just got some medical information and my diet would actually not affect it in any way, shape, or form. But you know when you're like, oh, my body's breaking and I need yeah. to like just do something Take care hard. of my temple, yeah. Yeah, so I'm trying to be paleo. I don't know why because paleolithic people died at like 35 Wait, like, what? Oh, paleo people didn't live that long. Wait, I've never heard that. Why is paleo so popular then? No clue. But okay. people people like change their whole life. Like oh, they, yeah. they like try to be paleolithic. And I'm like, y'all are stupid. I'm like, <laughs> I'm doing whole food. Yeah. Whole foods. Real food. Avoiding gluten. Yeah. Avoiding like highly processed foods. Dairy. I'll, I'll do. So I found raw milk. A2 cheese. milk. No, no, no. Oh. Um, I just do cheese. I can't even even lactose free milk crushes me. <laughs> I don't know why. So, but I have been drinking uh honey pistachio cinnamon lattes every morning. From where? I make it myself. Will you? I bring found me pistachio one? milk. It's incredible. Shut up! I'm obsessed with pistachios. Yeah, they sell pistachio milk at Sprouts. Okay, I'm sold. And it's incredible when I'm you sold. mix it with honey. Anyway, we are so <laughs> far in. We just, we're both very clearly passionate about yes, food. <laughs> yes. All right. So the holidays are coming up. And normally holidays are when we have to navigate hard conversations with yes. our family. Conversations on faith, differing faith. Or maybe uh, you're a follower of Jesus and somebody in your family doesn't follow Jesus. Yeah. And they think you're a judgmental, terrible, hypocrite, bigot for being a Jesus follower. Or you always have, and this is like getting more and more popular in my household, the politically charged conversations, mm-hmm. be it midterm elections or Roe v. Wade and yeah. people thinking the world's falling apart, you know, just all of it. Um, 
So we kind of want to talk. We're not going to spend forever on this because this is sort of like a little bonus episode that we're dropping for the holidays. But a lot of people that we talk to at Young Adults on our Thursday night like gatherings, they do have this tension with like Mm -hmm. family. Like a lot of them might be the only Jesus follower in their family. And they, they have anxiety when it comes to like going back, they feel like they've got to defend their faith or defend their views or beliefs when it comes to sexuality or the sanctity of life or anything like that. Um, And they assume that every Christian's Republican. And so then you have to defend (laughs) Donald Trump. And it's like, (laughs) good luck trying to do that. Um, So so we, we like to just give you guys a little bit of hope, a little bit of thought behind, okay, how do we enter into this holiday season, this Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year time, where let's just be honest, like there's a good chance some of these conversations are going to come up. For sure. So how do we as Christians navigate hard conversations overall, but but specifically over the holidays since we're kind of approaching that season? So I think two things that we tend to do normally um, are either argue yeah. And get super heated. And then that can tend to lead to not, I don't want to say family breakups, but just like the awkward, like you don't talk to your yeah, brother or sister. It's mom divisive. Yeah. Yeah. Or one thing that I actually think we do, and I kind of want to address this more in this podcast. And this is something that I guess, if I'm just being totally honest, I've done is in the past, just totally like shut down or avoid the conversations altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've got like aunts and uncles, brothers and sisters that obviously know what I do for a living. Um, they know that I'm a follower of Jesus. And so one, I don't think just shutting down or avoiding it is like a, a good approach. I used to think like, oh, it's just like the more mature thing to like not say anything. But we live in a day and age in a culture today where like if you don't agree with this like far left hyper liberal agenda and you are a follower of Jesus or you're you just even have differing views politically. Yeah. You're seen as like a hateful person if you if you voice that. Right. And that's just unintelligent. That's absolutely that's really <laughs> stupid. Um, and so I actually think there is a more mature way to approach these conversations Um not arguing, and then also just not shutting down and avoiding them altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the past, I don't know, how 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 do we as Christians engage in controversial, triggering conversations, and then maybe specifically like over the holidays with family or just in general? But in the past, I don't know, like how have you gone about engaging in these conversations? Right. Well, this is like super real for me. I am like the only... Um, Jesus following individual, me and my husband within my like immediate family, like my sisters and my parents. Um, So going home for the holidays is always like, I guess like going to my family (laughs) um, is always kind of nerve wracking because you, you right like you never know what's going to come up. My dad has like, I feel like political news channels on all day long. Oh yeah. um, So those conversations are like what worry me of I feel like I'm on my way like oh just please don't let this come up like please let's just like like not have to go there like let's stay very surfacey level yeah um but they do and I think um one thing I've learned over the years is that when I first (laughs) became a Christian I felt like I really really like was so on fire and I wanted to like engage and like argue and be like this is why and like 
tell them, be like, no, this is truth. And this is what the Bible says. And this is why I believe this. Yeah. Um, for the longest time. And I think over the years, I've had to really relearn how to engage with my family in these settings. Um, and one verse that has like stuck out to me and like I remember reading it one day and immediately like thought of my family and was like, okay, yeah, I shouldn't do that. But second Timothy two, um, 23 through 26 says, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know, they produce quarrels and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone able to teach, not resentful opponents must be gently instructed and hope that God will grant them repentance leading them to a knowledge of the truth and that they will come to their senses and escape the trap of the enemy who has taken them captive to do his will so rather than like in like being really argumentative and like just really like pushy and like not backing down um and not like resentful towards their opinion and remembering that like like this verse says like they must be like gently instructed yeah. And that God will like lead them into repentance, not you. And so like yeah. my justice side can used to like come out a lot and be like, no, this is wrong. You're wrong. Um, but the Bible instructs us very clearly, like don't engage. Like that's foolishness to yeah. like engage and argue. What do you think the line is of a foolish argument mm-hmm. versus engaging in these conversations? Because here's 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 where I think Christians have leaned too far is there's wisdom in that verse a thousand percent of like there's a line between this is just foolish this is arguing this is going to get us nowhere but then what happens is the the more christian orthodox view of something potentially that's when we normally just kind of get like silenced where Mm. where we don't expose people to the truth that we find in Jesus and the truth that we find in scripture. And I think Mm -hmm. for the sake of not doing arguing foolishly, which is a very real thing. And for the sake of maybe not like fighting and bringing up, you know, like stuff that we know could be divisive. I think we just don't say anything at all. Mm. And so what do you think the line is between a foolish argument versus no, just honestly having a conversation about what you feel and believe to be true, even if it's different from your friends and family, be it on the topic of abortion, the topic of faith, mm-hmm. the topic of politics. Like, how do you engage in these conversations? Uh, what, where is, I guess, your gauge between this is this is foolishness, like Second yeah. Timothy's talking about, or this is it's okay for me to engage yeah. here and and talk about what yeah. I think and believe. I think the first step, like the very first step before you like engage is to listen more than you speak. And I think that's something that uh, we're not always good at. But like James tells us, like, be slow to speak. Um, Everyone should be quicker to like listen. Right. And that you'd be and that in turn, like you're slow to become angry um, because anger like never produces produces righteousness. And so, like, if we are listening um, and engaging more than we're just, like, talking at people, I think that automatically just disarms anybody to then hear what you do have to say and that when we are speaking, we're speaking, like, with grace. Yeah. Um, And under, like, grace-filled conversations that can actually disarm people more than, like, you just um, 
spewing truth because it always is like a balance of like grace and truth. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes we can forget the grace part. Yeah. And because like obviously we should have like a strong sense of truth because we know like a biblical real definition of truth um, in God's word. But I think because of that, sometimes we can be, I'm saying this personally too, like quicker to like want to share that and be like, no, I have to share that because I'm called to. Um, when the Bible actually tells us to like listen yeah, more than we talk. And when we do talk, do so respectfully and like with grace. Yeah. Um, yeah. First Peter 315, it says this, it says, in your heart, revere Christ as Lord. So this mm-hmm. is always coming from a place of honoring Jesus. But it says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Yeah. So I think that last part, gentleness and respect, mm-hmm. if if you can t- if you take that as your posture, hopefully you will avoid the senseless, needless like argument. But I do think like, especially when it comes to holidays, here's what I love. It says, be prepared to give an answer. So a lot of people just stop there and they're like, yeah. okay, here we go. I right. need to give an answer. Why, why am I against uh, X, Y, and Z? Why, yeah. why am I pro-life? Why did I vote this way? Or why, why am I frustrated about X, Y, Z, whatever? Like, you know, like we, we need to be prepared to give an answer, but then we stop. Yeah. But then it says, for the hope that you have. Um, and I mm-hmm. think that so often what we try to do, though, and like, and this is sort of like the line, do you want to win an argument or do you want to expose that person to the hope that you have? That's so good. Because I think when it comes to engaging in conversations with family um, or just or just hot button issues and, and hot button topics in our culture, there's always two ways you can go at it. You can try to win an argument and convince somebody to your side or you can try to expose somebody for the, your reason of having hope. And mm-hmm. I think like First Peter where it talks about um, be prepared to have these conversations. It's okay for you to disagree with somebody in your home about X, Y, and Z, but you need to be prepared to give a response for the hope you have not to yeah. win an argument. And the hope always points back to Jesus. And then it says do this with gentleness and respect. Colossians 4, 5, and 6, it says, be wise in the way you act towards outsiders, meaning people who aren't Christians, don't consider themselves Christians, aren't followers of Jesus. But then it says this, it says, be wise, but also make the most of every opportunity. Colossians 4, 5, and 6, meaning sometimes your conversations at your dinner table can be completely foolish and arguments and go nowhere. Or they could be an opportunity. It could be an opportunity for you to give a reason for your hope. It says, let your conversations always be full of grace, seasoned Mm -hmm. with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. And so I think like the really big delineating line when it comes to our conversations, uh, hard conversations, hot button conversations, um, is... Am I trying to win somebody over to a viewpoint or am I trying to expose them to the hope that I have? That's so good. Because you can, I think we can argue all day over just views on life, views on politics, Mm -hmm. views on law. 
But if Jesus is your hope and your and and here's the thing, when Jesus is your hope, you submit your viewpoints to what Jesus thinks on certain things. You submit your preferences to Jesus. So there yeah. are things that you will have to change in your life. There are perspectives you have to adopt when it comes to being a Jesus follower. Yeah. Um but your goal isn't to win. I, I'm not trying to be repetitive, but your goal isn't to try to win an argument. It's to tr- it's to give reason for your hope, like First Peter three fifteen says. And I think when we approach the conversations at our dinner tables, uh, you know, with our family, our cousins, our, our brothers and sisters, whatever, with that perspective of I'm not trying to to make them vote the way I vote, and I'm not necessarily trying to make them. Even believe what I believe because you you can't convince somebody into right. being a follower of Jesus. The Holy Spirit has to like expose their heart to their sin and, and and repentance and all of this stuff. But when you engage in these conversations, how do I expose them for the reason that I have hope? That's a totally different ballgame. Yeah. And that's something that even in our cultural climate, when it comes to canceling people and when it comes to just all the different X's and or, or I's you have to dot and T's you have to cross when it comes to engaging in everything that that can frustrate people and trigger people. I think that giving people a reason for your hope, it is a very personal way of exposing them to truth. For now, sure. people are still going to get mad. Right. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that this is your your cop-out way of never being called a hateful bigot, a small-minded <laughs> person, frustrated. Yeah, and, and, and unkind. Yeah, and unkind. And you can't be surprised when they react that way because I think, you, like, there's a level of, like, what you said of, like, you, the whole, you have the Holy Spirit that, like, yeah. is leading you. The people who yeah. get frustrated for anything. Right. People that are looking for any An reason argument, to get frustrated. Yes, and, like, yes. looking to fight. And I think there there is a level of grace there too of just remembering it's like they like they're not gonna understand the things that the way that you do. Like first Corinthians of like the person without the spirit like doesn't accept the things that are from the spirit. So it's like you can't expect like they consider you foolish. Yeah. You know, like yeah. um, so you can't expect them to like adopt like if we're going to go into a conversation or an argument using scripture and yeah. things like that to back it up, like, of course, they're going to be like, that's silly. That's foolish. Like that's because they don't have the spiritual capacity to understand the way things that you understand them. And like only the Holy Spirit can give them that understanding. Um, and so that can just manage to build even more of like a wall in between you and that person. And what actually is going to like, like absolutely speak truth, give a reason for your hope. Like all you can do is like be a messenger of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Like that is what we are called to do. Um, but arguing and trying to like prove your point and your argument by like citing this scripture and this experience what you've had with Jesus, um, like it might like draw a wedge. And the only thing, like the worst thing you could do is like allow that to just like grow and get worse every time you yeah. interact with them. The best thing that like will help them help you like lead them to Christ is maintaining a relationship and doing that by approaching these conversations with with grace and just like continually be like, no, this is this is the hope. Yeah. You you have to go into some situations knowing that we live in the most contradictory 
like culture that yeah. I can remember, like maybe in history. Like we preach tolerance, we preach acceptance and love. And and I don't want to beat a dead horse. Like I don't I, I'm not trying to just beat this drum that everybody's already heard, but it's just not that way. Mm-hmm. The most quote unquote tolerant people are probably the least tolerant people in the world. Like, just yeah. disagree with them one time, yeah. and you'll see how tolerant. Specifically, people I feel are. like towards Christians. Yes, which, absolutely. Yeah, which absolutely. shouldn't surprise us. No. Like, and so when you when you go into these environments, I think you have to delineate: is this going to be a reasonable conversation that could bear fruit, even if not right now, or is this yeah. just going to be a needless argument? I exactly. think you need to think. Do I want to win an argument or am I trying to expose somebody to hope? And knowing mm-hmm. that people are probably going to not tolerate you, even yeah. if we live in a quote unquote tolerant world. Um, but on, if I'm just being honest, um, this is this is sort of the posture that I'm, I am adopting this year around the holidays. And we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Maybe I'll come back next year and be like, <laughs> don't do what I did. Um, but – but Romans 1.16, I've been thinking about this a lot. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And here's why. Not because it makes me right, but because it's the power of God to bring salvation to everyone who believes. And I think, I don't know if I would ever call myself ashamed because I would, like if I have non-believing family members who ask me about things, I'll answer them in a very cautious way. But I think if I'm just being honest, sometimes my cautiousness can dilute what I actually think and believe. And again, only you know your heart. Only you know your posture. I don't mean in like an aggressive in your face, take it or leave it kind of way. I just mean I think sometimes I have been so cautious out of quote unquote love that mm-hmm. I haven't been honest. Yeah. I, I've told half-truths about what I think and what I believe, especially when it comes to the realm of family and the dinner table, and especially to people in my family who yeah. I know totally disagree with me and and who I know are looking for a reason to call me a hypocrite. Right. Because those are pe- there are people in my literal family who mm-hmm. who are looking for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I think it's made me not be ashamed, but be too cautious. And so I my my thought going into this year, and again, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> um, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, not because it makes me right, not because it makes me better than somebody else, not because I'm saved, you're not, not because I'm going to heaven, you're going to hell, ha ha ha, like any of that kind of stuff. I'm not ashamed. Because it's the power of God to bring salvation and life to people. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to be confrontational with it, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to be shy about what I truly believe brings the most life to this life and to life to come. Yeah. Um, And I just think all of this, again, goes back to like a heart posture of are you trying to be right Mm -hmm. or are you trying to give a reason for your hope? Yeah, I think that's kind of where I, that. I think that's kind of where it, it it falls. I I for the longest time was just so shy, so quiet. Oh, that's the pastor. Yeah, hey pastor, like what do you think about Trying this? Trying to act like yeah, like <laughs> oh, I'm not even above it, but just like oh, I don't engage with that. And it's like yeah. no, I have thoughts about this. Right. But and and here they are. If you ask me for them, or if right. we're going here. Here they are. Yeah, not shying away. Yes, but as 1 Peter says, as Colossians says, with gentleness, with respect, with grace, 
because I believe there's the most life in this, not so because good. I think I'm right and you're wrong or that I think I'm right and you're dumb. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. So maybe as you're kind of gearing up for family conversations um, mm-hmm. or you're gearing up for uh, holidays and maybe it's a stressful time for you. Maybe maybe holidays tend to be divisive. Um I think, what do we talk about? What do you say initially when it comes to Second Timothy? Um, like not engaging yeah. in, in foolish or stupid arguments Yeah, because um, they produce quarrels. Yeah, I think a litmus test is, hey, is this conversation just utterly a waste of my time? Yeah. Or is there an opportunity to bear some good fruit? Yeah. You know, Colossians does tell us make the most of every opportunity. Mm-hmm. You have to be the one that knows that line. Right. Um, again, we're just, I'm just kind of repeating myself here, mm-hmm. but am I winning an argument or exposing my hope? Yeah. And then three, don't be ashamed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's power. It's life. And I think I think your wisdom, I think the Holy Spirit will kind of guide you in these moments. But don't be ashamed and 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 expose people to hope. Don't try to win win a fight. Yeah. It's so good. And I think one thing just to encourage you guys so that you maybe this is you and you're listening to this and you're already starting to get some like anxiety about going yeah. into family dinner tomorrow. I'm with you. Um, just some things that have like comforted me over like going into it in scriptures of like, like I'm always like, okay, my my husband and I, this it sounds really intense, but it's helped us just be really loving towards my family and I've seen our relationship grow as like we walk in and we we say to ourselves like we are called to be all things to man like um Paul tells us to in in Corinthians um to like find common ground um he says like when there was weakness I showed like weakness um um and doing all of that so like just find common ground like maybe these conversations don't go up don't come up but you have a hard time connecting um, finding common ground, um, with them and showing them that like, I'm not better than you because I'm a Christian. I don't think I'm better than you. Um, and also if there are these conversations that come up and maybe they have in the past and you haven't handled them well, that was me. Yeah, That's been me a million times. Um, just knowing that too, like if you do make a mistake, if there is a time where you're like, yeah, I didn't act with grace in that conversation. Um, trust that like the Holy Spirit can work around that. Like you didn't mess up the case for Christ. No, like you're, no, you didn't yeah. mess up anybody's like, you're like, Oh no, now they're never going to like come to church or they're never going to like come around to Jesus. Like trust that, um, your family or your friends or your uncle or your aunt's salvation is not based upon you doing a good enough, um, job. Um, but heading into it, hopefully this like can free you up to feel like, Hey, I can go into it with this mindset. Um, and yeah. Sweet. Well, hey, I think that's all we got for you guys today. Oh, so if yeah. you're if you're listening on Wednesday or maybe you, you're listening Thanksgiving morning or maybe you're just listening to this after sometime <laughs> during the holidays, we hope that this is encouraging. Yeah. We, we know that the holidays can be a time of a ton of mixed emotions. And so one of our goals is to just give you guys practical um thoughts to to just help equip you to walk out your faith to follow Jesus well in front of your family and specifically mm-hmm. in those situations that might feel 
anxious or difficult. And so hopefully for everybody listening, this has helped give you a thought or a spark um, on how to engage well, not just with your family, but with friends, with the world and hard conversations and difficult topics. So yeah, that's good. Thanks for listening and hanging out. Have a great Thanksgiving slash Christmas slash whenever you're listening to this. Have a great Um, holiday. Watch some foosball. Watch some basketball. <laughs> eat, eat some green bean casserole. Yes, and the eat, cheap canned kind. Yes, and eat pecan pie. I do you know? I is actually, that your jam? I like pecan pie better than pumpkin pie. I don't really like pumpkin pie. <laughs> it's like fifty fifty for me. Like, do people actually like pumpkin pie, or do we just eat it because? I like what it. I want to know. I like it. You know what I like more than anything? I just like pumpkin things. Okay. Like tonight, I'm gonna go home and make pumpkin paleo bread. Nice. And then I've made paleo version of pumpkin spice latte. He's all in with the paleo. Well, here's the thing. Paleo, you're technically not supposed to have sugar. Yeah. But I'm like, you can't escape it. So I'm trying to minimize sugar. Right. As much as possible. But I'm not like trying to go zero sugar. But not for Thanksgiving. You're going full in with the pecan pie. Yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> Amazing. So, anyway, thank you for watching Love and you guys. subscribing. Hey, share this podcast with anybody that you know. It might be helpful too. Maybe you've got a friend that you recently are, you know, trying to coach them up on how to engage with their family. Share this with them if you find it helpful. Definitely. For all things Red Rocks Church Young Adults, you can find us on Instagram at, at Red Rocks YA. And then you can go to redrocksya.com. Keep up with us. We'll post all sorts of things there. All sorts of things. Uh, Yeah. Messages, podcasts. So we love you guys. Love you guys. We will see you next week. Bye. Peace out.